welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with TJ Swing and Ron Halliday, who have partnered up to bring you Hike It, a game about hiking through the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Hike It is currently on Kickstarter. Gentlemen, welcome to The Binge. How you doing? Doing good. Good. Good to see you again. Oh, it's good to see you. We met actually at Breakout Con. That's where you and I first connected, Ron. And uh, that was quite awesome. Sure. You're actually joining us from Brazil. TJ, you're joining us from the States. Uh, it was it was cool because, uh, Ron, we're both, we're both Canadians. You're just a Canadian living abroad now, right? Yeah, I've been down in South America since 2004. So... It's always nice to get up back up to Canada and reconnect because I only get home every couple of years. Oh, I know. Now, and uh, Ron, so just so people are clear, so um, Zychotic Games, I love the name, by the way. Uh, so uh, TJ, that's your company. And then um, this is your game that you've developed. And then and Ron, you've kind of connected with him because he's a cartographer. We're going to get into that in a second. And uh, to help you with kind of development of the maps and so forth for the game. Is that a fair description? That is fair and accurate. Yes. Awesome. So why don't we start off with you, TJ? So what is your background? So this is your first game. So obviously you must be doing something else as a day job. What's your, what's your day job? Yep. Day job. I'm a a digital marketer. I spend my days kind of marketing, branding, uh, designing and designing or developing websites basically for a lot of different companies. Oh, nice. And is board gaming something you've been doing kind of your whole life or is this something that's kind of more new to you in terms of the hobby or when did you kind of jump into the hobby? Well, I would say I've been board gaming my whole life, but to be honest, up until about 2015, it was the monopolies, the clues, you know, uh, then I was introduced to Catan yeah. and it kind of changed. It made me want to understand more. And since then, it's just grown and grown and grown and grown. Yeah. Catan is the infamous gateway game for so many people right into the hobby. It is. Well, it was Catan. It was on the same night. It was Catan and Zombicide. Oh, um, nice. Nice. So I, I didn't really take to the Zombicide right away because I was like, how can somebody play something this confusing with this many rules? And a nine-year-old was actually teaching it to me. And I was, I just was <laughs> confounded. But I really took to the Catan and I played that a lot more and I bought it after that. So. Oh, that's awesome. And then Ron, kind of maybe you can tell people, wait, so you're a cartographer. So explain what that is and kind of how, what, what you do as part of your day job uh, with cartography. Yeah, well, I mean, basically it just means I make maps pretty much all the time. And uh, so I've been working in that way almost 25 years now. And uh, I've always had like my own small business to give that as a consulting to people who need it, whether it's in biologists or ecologists or tourism. Uh, that was mostly back in, in North America before I moved down here. And then I got into some some other areas as well. And then uh, about, you know, and that just seemed to, you know, kind of evolve into some board game work as well. And then, so how do you get into something like cartography? Like, is that just like in school is something that just kind of sparks your interest or is it something when you're well, younger, you used to like drawing map? Like how do you even okay. get into something like that? Absolutely. But it was a, it was a big coincidence actually, because I uh, didn't even know that that was a career until I went to my, you know, grade 12 job fair that they had at the school. Yep. And then uh, the place that I end up, ended up going is called the College of Geographic Sciences. But back back then, we just called it the survey school because that's what it was known for, surveying. And then I found out, oh, you can make maps for a living? And it's only 50 kilometers from where I grew up? So yeah, I'm going to go there. So that's, I mean, and then you, and then you start thinking, wow, look, at all, I really enjoyed making maps in school. And, and it was just one of those things that I like latched onto right away. So I've been, you know, I've been happily doing that ever since. 
Now, and you had another, so TJ, this is your first game. Ron, you have a game that you did on your own prior to this one, I believe, called uh, Crossing Bridges or something like that? or Seven Bridges. Okay. And yeah. um, is, and then was that like a map-based game as well, or, or where did that, the idea for that yeah, come that from? Yeah, that was my first game that came out in North America. Like, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning, I live in, in Brazil. Yeah. And that was kind of, uh, I really enjoy roll and write games. You know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's, the opinion can be divided on roll and write games, you but I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. And after playing a few, I realized that none had, or very few had maps in them, right? Mm. And if they do, they were kind of fictitious. They weren't like a real map of a real place, or if it was, it was very, very abstract. And I thought, in the back of my head, I thought that would be something that I could do. I could bring something different with my knowledge to, to that type of game. And then, so I just had that in the back of my head. And then I heard later on about the famous seven bridges of Konigsberg, which is a, a real life thing where people in that city tried to cross all seven bridges and get back to where they started without crossing any of the bridges twice. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a really good, neat idea for a game. And then I saw the map of the city. I'm like, wow, it's a perfect grid. It could be perfectly adapted to a, to a roll and write. And it just, it just went from there. Uh, and, uh, and that was, you know, that was seven bridges and uh, it was a modest success. You know, it, we'd probably have a second edition out by now if it wasn't for the, the pandemic, right? Because with the shipping costs and stuff like that, everything yeah. kind of got pushed back. But, but yeah, I was really happy with that for for what it brought to the table for the people that played it. Uh, you know, everybody enjoyed it, and and it did bring something different. You know, it's a roll and write that has drafting, which very few roll and writes actually have. Yeah. Uh, well, drafting and network building. You know, so there's a couple those two combinations. You don't see that in roll and write very often. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I achieved what I wanted to do with that game, you know, because uh, the map is really interesting and and the 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 piece of paper is really detailed. So it was a it was a fun project. It was, I mean, you could say it was a passion project because I didn't know how much other people would like it, as because I as a map I knew I would like it, yeah. but to be able to translate that into fun for other people, you know, which is the goal. And uh, yeah, in that aspect, it was more than successful. And then TJ, you like obviously hiking is something that's a passion of yours right um have you been ha hiking your whole life or is this something that's kind of again uh, later on in life that you kind of took up or how did the whole hiking thing enter your your, your life as a whole yeah well i've always lived the outdoors and there's kind of a little bit of a difference between hiking and backpacking mm. uh hiking you can grab a you know bottle of water and go out in the woods for six hours and have a beautiful hike uh backpacking is more that long term everything you need to survive is on your back and you go out for the weekend or a week or a month um, but I really started backpacking probably about 10, what is it? 2014. Yeah. About 10 years ago, I uh, started getting into it. Somebody asked me if I wanted to go hike 30 miles of the Appalachian trail. And I thought that sounds like fun. And I, once I got done with it, I was just absolutely hooked. So yeah, I've been, I've been going on three to five backpacking trips a year ever since oh, wow. then. That's uh that's, that's more than just a hobby. That's uh, that's a passion. Yeah, well, it's. I wish I can go more. <laughs> Have you run into any wildlife? Like, uh, like I know in your game we're getting into this a little bit too. There's some dangerous wildlife. And have you run in? Had any close encounters at all in in your hiking? No, nothing dangerous. No. Um, no, I mean, uh, mo the most danger I came through was more injury related or, you know, the stump, something like that. Not, I've never seen a bear mm. out there, even though the Great Smoky Mountains is where I hike the most. And that's the densest population of black bears I've yet to see when I've seen them when I'm driving around there. Yeah. Uh, but never on the trail. Uh, the, the most dangerous thing I think I've seen on the trail is a deer. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> well, knock on wood. That's uh, keep that luck up, right? I know. Every time I hike, I think, man, it would be so great to see it. But then I think, man, if I did see it, I don't even know how I'd react. So, so, and then with this game, so were you just on the trail one day and you start thinking to yourself, wow, this would be actually, this is a cool idea for a game or how did this, you kind of connect the dots to take that passion and turn it into like a board game? Yeah, that, that actually came after because my hiking is usually done uh, late spring through early fall. I don't like cold camping, mm. uh, cold backpacking. Um, and whenever I get off the trail for the season, because whenever I do complete a backpacking trip, there's that uh, uh, a feeling of exhilaration and triumph and like you've accomplished something and you feel really good about yourself. And there's nothing else that quite generates that feeling. Uh, that's why I love to do it. Um, but there was one winter four years ago, uh, where I was just like, man, I, I missed that feeling. I can't wait for backpacking season to come back around. Um, and that was around when I was, started to learn board games and I thought, uh, you know, wow, what would a backpacking board game look like? And I had no idea what I was doing. Wasn't really even into board games that much at the time, sure. maybe owned, uh, you know, half a dozen of them, but I just started, I had a big whiteboard and I started mapping it out. Like, okay, what would, what would be some mechanics that would be kind of cool to match it to the theme? Because the whole idea behind the game was to make you feel that feeling of backpacking and that feeling of kind of stress and dread during it, but then the exhilaration at the end of it. Um, so yeah, I just started playing around with it and whiteboarding it out. And I mean, there was a very slow process because I didn't take myself seriously when I first started it. Uh, and then I just showed it to somebody and they thought that's cool. How about we do this and this and this, and it just kept going till four years later, I'm here with a Kickstarter getting, you know, and other people actually want to play this. So it's just crazy. Oh, that's awesome. And then how did you guys come together? So you had this hiking game I, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on, but you had an initial iteration that you guys took a shot with, right? And then this is kind of like your second um, kind of revamped uh, approach at doing a Kickstarter on this on this game. Um, how'd you pull Ron in? How'd you guys meet? Like, how did that connection happen? Yeah, actually, the uh, the first iteration, I launched it almost exactly two years ago. Yeah. So right now. Uh, and it didn't do well because I knew nothing about it. I just knew I got a good game together and then thought, okay, the very next step, the next day is to put it on Kickstarter. What, what else are you supposed to do? Uh, I didn't have a good page together. I had zero following. Uh, it failed miserably. I think I maybe reached 12%. Uh, nobody knew who I was or what the game was about. Um, so after that, uh, it took about a month off because it was exhausting getting that point. Took a month off, licked my wounds. I uh, started back at it again. I thought, okay, how can I, you know, start one, getting a Kickstarter campaign, a good one next time. And two, let's take this time to make the game a little bit better. So I started posting on uh, design groups, uh, board game design groups and design forums. Um, and one guy that kept giving me, answering my questions and giving me good advice was Ron. Didn't know who he was, but finally I just realized that, man, this guy's like, a lot of people will give you advice and they'll tell you things. And you know, some of it's good. Some of it's okay. Some of it's not so awesome. Uh, but all his uh, uh, advice was sound. So finally, I just reached out to him. I'm like, you know, okay, can I just, you know, ping you, you know, one on one? Uh, you're giving me really good advice. And then just the relationship grew from there. And then he just said, listen, I know you have a map in your thing. I'd love to work on this with you. I said, that's great, because I was going to ask you the same thing. So please, you know, let's get together. <laughs> Oh, that's wow. That's amazing how that kind of came together. And then in terms yeah. of the, this map, then, uh, Ron, like, what are the changes you make? Like, you know, for kind of a non-cartographer, you think, oh, I'll just take a, a picture of the trail and I'll throw some dots on it and that should be good enough for a board. Uh, clearly, probably not good enough for you. What are some of the things that you felt that you had to change to make this thing authentic? 
Well, I think that's exactly what you say there, authentic, because that's what TJ wanted, right? And uh, as a cartographer, if when I say the word cartographer, people think different things because there are real world cartographers like I am, and then there's like fantasy map cartographers and a whole bunch of different types, but I focus on real world maps. Mm. And from talking to TJ, I know, or I knew that he wanted the most realistic looking map possible as a base for a game, but that would be playable as a game. You know, you can't, so you have to make those concessions, right? And uh, and I just thought it would be a wonderful challenge because I could tell the questions that he was asking what he was looking for, and that I would be able to provide what he was looking for, you know, because I see other opportunities and oh, that's not really my, my area or not it's a bit too fantasy, but this one is like, this is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. So we talked and, and uh, I gave him a sample because he had, so, and the good thing is that he had the, uh, uh, the map from his previous game for me to compare and say, okay, I, I see where, I see where you want to go. So mm-hmm. if you're willing, I can take you there, right? I know what you wanted to do, but I can, I have the right programs. Cause I, the, so this map was not actually made in, Photoshop or any other uh, graphic software is actually made in a mapping software. So it's, oh, it's wow. real, real world coordinates. Uh, all the data is real world that you download from, from the state information or the, or the American databases and stuff like that, you know, their, their, their data there. And it's all manipulated, you know, to, so that, that's, so it's a, so everything on the map, if you were to look at the map, you have kind of the, the realistic map as the base where you can look at and all the detail while you're, you know, looking at all the little the cool rivers and contours and, and other other roads and everything else. And then on top of that is the game. Uh, and they don't interfere with one another. And uh, the challenge, uh, uh, besides making a really attractive product, was to turn that trail system into a, into a game as well. And TJ had already done a lot of that work. So it was just an idea of like tweaking it and making it uh, like as perfect as, as it could possibly be. And some of those like just interesting challenges that I wanted to give myself as well. So the map itself is at a certain size so that every point on the map is exactly one mile apart. So if you walk at eight spaces, you can say you walked eight miles. Oh, that's cool. You know, and that's something that TJ hadn't considered. And I said, let's see if I can do that for him. And he's like, and when I said, I can make those spots exactly one mile apart, you know, and uh, actual size. And he was like, Oh gosh, that'd be terrific. Right. So, so that's, so that was, I mean, that was the, why I was so excited to become part of it because, and why I was answering his questions uh, because I, I, you know, I don't, uh, necessarily respond to every single question that people put in the groups. But when I saw what he wanted to do, where he wanted to go, I said, this is a project that needs, should be made. And I'd like to be a part of it if possible. And here we are now, two years since then, you know, it was just about two years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now we have a Kickstarter that's just about uh, going to get funded here. The one thing I'd say that uh, you mentioned there that I think is relevant to anybody creating a game is having some kind of a reference uh, piece, right? That kind of helps you understand, okay, where was the person kind of directionally going? And this could be whether you're designing a mini uh, for your game, or if there's a certain card layout or something, but even having a sketch, and I did this recently on a mini, I was, uh, you know, working with a, a 3D modeler, and they said, well, you want me based off this picture, but what would this look like from different angles? And I'm like, I'm not an artist, but I got a pen and piece of paper and I just sketched out roughly. I'm like, this is roughly how I think it would look from the different angles. Again, please excuse the fact that this looks like a six-year-old drew it. 
Um, but it gives you an idea of kind of different angles. It was enough for them to say, okay, I see where you're going and we're able to build off of that. So I think that's really important that if there are people out there doing that to, to keep that in mind, that it's okay to, to show like a rough sketch or something like that. Cause anything at all you can provide to the person that's doing the creative work. Um, it's, it gives them informed information they can put into the, into the work. Yeah, you just need a good way to kind of convey your yeah. vision. And if that's pen and paper on a napkin, if it's a, it's a, a digital mock-up of some sort. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about uh, hike it. So, um, I, I have the page I'm sharing on screen for people that are either watching this live or on the replay. Um, so with this game, you've, and I'm gonna put this in Canadian dollars. You've hit 27,000 on a $32,000, uh, goal. So congratulations on that. That's amazing. So far, you still got 11 days to go. uh, rough math. When you look at how Kickstarters run, this is going to fund. I think that's pretty evident, uh, just based on how that back end hockey stick works. Um, so it's just a question of how much over the funding you guys are going to go. Uh, so I want to congratulate you on that. Can you walk us through kind of the essence of how to play this game, TJ? Is that, is that fair? I got an image up on the screen here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, uh, when we were talking earlier, this game is very thematic. And when building this game, it had to meet the criteria is, is this thematic and is this realistic? And we build the mechanics around that. So you are legitimately figuring out your route by picking waypoints, three waypoints in each of the three regions or one waypoint in each of the three regions. You're basically parking your car at a trailhead on the outside of the map. You're starting your hike from that trailhead. Um, you want to load your pack up before you go out. So you decide how much gear, how much water you want to take with you. Uh, but also know that the amount of gear you take is going to make your pack, you know, the more gear, the heavier your pack is. Mm. Uh, your actions, so what you can do in the game uh, is based on three things, your health, how heavy your pack is and how many of your waypoints you've gathered so far. Um, so once you uh, decide what you're carrying with you, you basically do a three-step process on your turn. You're kind of looking at the weather. You wake up in the morning, you're checking the weather. The weather, uh, the game will give you a forecast. You have to determine if that forecast or find out that forecast is accurate. If it is accurate, you have to uh, you know resolve that weather for that day. Uh, the second thing you want to do then once the weather's taken care of is then you go out in the afternoon and you do your hiking. So then you count up how many actions you have for that turn. Every turn can be different. Like I said, it's based on where your health is, how much gear you're carrying, how many waypoints you've acquired so far. So you do your hiking, which means you go out and you hike spaces per actions. And those actions also allow you to do things like stop at uh, camps and water sources and pick up new supplies to, you know, because you're going to be expelling uh, gear and water as you go through to, while you're resolving challenges. You want to pick up some uh, more gear and water on the way. Uh, the third step is you're going to draw a trail card. That's considered the evening phase. So you're kind of done. You kind of got done hiking. You're at some camp. You draw a card. Anything happened today? Were you getting a splinters? Were you being attacked by mosquitoes? Did you Were you lucky enough to find some uh, water source that wasn't located on the map? Uh, and then you handle those either rewards or you uh, resolve those challenges. So you just, you're just constantly doing this over and over again uh, while trying to uh, get as many points as you can or more points than your fellow hikers. You're also trying to avoid nature like the bears because there are bears. There's one in each region that roam around. They do move around a little bit. Uh, for most of the game, they're pretty passive. They just kind of get in the way mm. and block your route. You can't go through these bears. You have to kind of reroute then. Um, that's one of the things, great things I love about the game is how sandboxy and freeform it is. Uh, there's so many different options you can take, so many different trails. You don't have to go a certain route. You can go forwards, backwards, up, down, You know, reroute, go around a bear. Uh, and if the bear moves back in front of you, reroute again. Um, but you're going to continue just doing all of this until you finally get all three of your waypoints throughout the park. And then you got to turn around and get back. Um, 
the niftier, neater, uh, the hook of this game is, is that the first person that gets back to their trailhead, their game is not over. They don't sit out and wait for everybody else to get done or sit on the board and collect points. They now take over the bears and the bears turn aggressive. So instead of just being nuisances, uh, sitting in the, in your way, they now take on the role as the bears. They roll a bear die that gives you three options on how to move the bear around there. And you are now chasing down your fellow hikers and every other person that gets out, say in a four player game, if there's only one player left, three of these players are going to be rolling, rolling, rolling as the bear coming after you. So you better be aware of what your other hikers are doing and where they're at in their hike. Mm -hmm. So you're not kind of stuck out there on the other side of the park uh, and you can't see your car and uh, there's no way you're gonna make it home. What happens when the bear catches up to you? Like what, like, does it, take it to the next level where they get mauled by the bear or you do take a ding. You have, we have a health meter on your pack board there okay. that, you know, the pack board holds your skills, holds your waypoints, hold your gear and it monitors your health. So when a bear does cross your path or land on you, uh, you do take one ding in your health and you have a maximum of eight. You start off at five and your health can go up and down depending on what you do during your hike. Um, so yeah, the bear does have an effect. And if uh, the bear there's two ways you can kind of get hurt. You don't, you don't, you're not properly prepared for challenges and you can't overcome bad weather or sprained ankle or something. Mm -hmm. And your health meter goes down to zero. You then just have to kind of skip a turn. You have to kind of regenerate some health back by uh, spending some points. Some of your earned points that you've gathered along the way, you kind of have to give some back to get some of that health back. But if you do, if your health goes drops below zero by a bear, you are out of the game. And if you're not the last person, then you then just turn right into a bear and you come right back in. So nobody's ever out of the game. Everybody's in the game until the very end. It just depends on what kind of role you're playing. That's cool. And why you want to, oh, sorry, and why you want to avoid the bear is because your health, your health level is worth two victory points at the end of the game. So you're losing two victory points every time you get your health goes down. Yeah. The health's worse actions and victory points. So it's pretty smart. Like I, there's nothing more annoying playing a game to me anyways uh when you know you get out and then you have to wait like you, you gotta sit at the table you can't walk away from the table right so yep. you gotta kind of wait it out and having something for that person to do while the game comes to conclusion i think is is pretty cool um, yeah. And it, it is just fun to not just have something to do, but to have a totally different objective. You know, yeah. when you are the bear, you're not acquiring any more points. Your hike's done. What you've uh, what you've ended with, you've ended with. But what you're trying to do now is stop other people from getting any more points and potentially saving a lead that you may have. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Is this something that was there from the beginning or is this something that you kind of figured out along the way in the development or? Uh, this has been there for quite some time. I cannot remember when it got brought in. Um but yeah, it's it's been it's it's been in existence since since near the origin of the game. Yeah, it's just been tweaked. It's just been tweaked and tweaked until it is where it is now. And, and make it more fun and interesting and exciting, you know, because we because the way just because when we see the people, as soon as you say that you can play a bear, people's eyes light up, right? Because it's something. Wow, you really get to be a bear and chase your friends around afterwards. Yeah, and so after they're done playing that it, that's like fun. my favorite part. Yeah, make it as fun as possible and 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 interesting as possible too. Not make it easy for the bears to catch the hikers, but not make it too easy for the hikers to get away either. So yeah. so there's that that there's that fun tension there that that really kind of turns the game on its head in the last like twenty percent of the game, right? And, and it can be really fun too because sometimes during the game you're allowed to move the bear with shoe bear cards. And there's a little take that in the game, uh, not too directly, but you can move a bear into somebody else's path to make them to kind of backtrack and go around a little bit. Uh, there's also options in the game for trading. Uh, and sometimes trading can get a little brutal to where you uh, you realize that you don't, you're not prepared for a certain weather and the weather hits 
and you don't have it. But if you're in the same region with another hiker, you're allowed to trade anything you want to, you know, gear, water, skill sets. Um, and if, uh, and if you're playing with somebody that's not necessarily nice and you say, Hey, I'll give you this. If you give me that water that I desperately need, so I don't take a ding in my health, they might say, you know what, you're going to have to give me at least five or 10 points of yours before I give you that. Yeah. Um, so, so what I'm trying to say is sometimes cut getting back to the end, if you finish first and become the bear, that's kind of a nice way of getting back at some of those folks <laughs> that maybe have put a bear in your way or have not treated you nicely in the trades. Payback is a bitch, I guess. Right. So with, uh, <laughs> there's a solo mode in this game as well. How does it, the game differ for the solo mode? The solo mode actually acts pretty much the same. You're playing against an Automa style kind of deck okay. that will treat it as if you're playing against two other folks. So you'll take your turn as normal. You'll draw this card and it will tell you if a bear gets moved in a certain region, if a waypoint uh, or if a scenic spot gets taken, if a gear item or a skill card, you know, out of the, the deck there gets uh, drawn up or, you know, discarded. So things that will generally happen during the game will happen uh, there. Uh, the aggressive bear aspect is also going to be brought into the game as well. So it's basically going to be kind of the same game just by yourself, a, 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 literally a solo hiker. No, it's cool. The one thing I, I got to say, guys, is, and I saw this when I was in uh, in Toronto um, uh, with Ron, we were demonstrating the game, uh, is the artwork, I think, is fantastic. Um, you guys have really done a great job. It uh, it really shows well on the table. Um, I was, and I was looking at a prototype, but it, it, it looked beautiful on, on the table. So I want to kind of congratulate you for that. I think that... Uh, you know, it's clear that you've put a lot of care and, uh, and effort into the design of the game. Thank you for that. Thank yeah, you. I thank mean, you. It's, it's gone through a lot of iterations. I've got a, I've got about five boxes in my garage of, I, I won't throw away anything. If I update any cards, cause I, I would, I would print off new prototypes every time I'd have an idea. I must've burned through $10,000 on just paper and, and toner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, it, you, I, it'd be funny one day just to sit back and Ron, maybe next time you come up, we can open up those boxes, just go through and lay it out on the floor and look at all the different iterations from, I laugh at some of like the very first prototypes, you know how they are. Your very yeah. first prototype is just a uh, clip art ugly, you know? Um, but yeah, I still have them all. I was keeping um, all the iterations of all my games. And uh, now we're at uh, getting close to our eighth game and I'm running out of space. space. Yeah, yeah, it does. So <laughs> what I started doing was um, I, I keep the initial, uh, I keep the digital files of the, of the first kind of, and I take photos of like playing, right? But it, there's just too much uh, stuff to hang on to because as you know you can iterate this 50 60 times right and you know if you hang on to everything it can uh it can add but, up but then, let me ask but do you have everything from your first game because i still have everything from my first game i do so for the and that's yeah. a good point so from the first game which i created <laughs> probably 25 some odd years ago on a cookie sheet and uh and you know i it was mounted on wood and painted and then we use microsoft excel to create the board like it was it's very very rudimentary of our tanks but no thanks game i still have that i still have that i might actually hang that on our wall at one point just because that's kind of where it all started um but yeah the game since then uh it's kind of uh it's kind of like the baby book right 
your first child has like the is overstuffed, right? And you get to your fourth kid and like the book's half empty. Right? So exactly. it's one of these things, right? So so where what's the next steps for you? Is like TJ, I know that um uh you've put a lot of passion in this over the past four years. Um have you got the bug now to keep going in the board game industry, or is this kind of like a one and done for you? Or what you know, where do you go from here? Uh, for me, I've never really got into this to be a designer that wasn't a plan. Um, it was kind of like for this particular game, there was a, 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 an itch and, and nobody, there wasn't any board games that kind of did what I was looking for. That feeling, that exhilaration, that dread of hiking, of hiking mile after mile, sweating, heavy pack. Uh, I mean, I played Parks Love. Parks but it's one of my top 10 games. Yeah. Um and a couple of those other games, but uh, this was more a game for something I wanted to play. It wasn't out there, so I made it. So to answer your question, there is one other game that I feel, I hate to say it this way, but I feel the uh, uh, the, the industry is kind of lacking a little bit. And it's, it's, a, it's a very realistic football, American football game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is one that I have been working on and it is near completion. But with the uh, hike, it's coming up on the Kickstarter campaign. I've had to kind of uh, sideline that <laughs> sideline uh, that one for now. But I'll be picking that back up in about a month or so. And hopefully early next year, I'm going to try to uh, self uh, uh, crowd uh, crowdfund that one as well. Yeah. So but yeah, I do have one more. I don't have I don't have notebooks of a lot of stuff. Like I said, I'm not trying to be a designer. Yeah. Uh, but if another game comes up, another theme comes up that I feel is not out there or it's not, uh, you know, scratching that itch that I might have for it for it. And because uh, I'm a very thematic player, I love getting in and immersing myself into a theme of a game. Yeah. So if there is something that's missing, I might just pop back in and figure something out and do another one. I don't know. But these Kickstarters, man, they're brutal. Uh, I might go a different route next time. <laughs> they are brutal. But I'm going to caution you with this this industry is highly addictive yeah. and once you do this game and you know and it is soul crushing doing kickstarters i mean i can't say it any other way it is exhilarating yet crushing at the same time and then when it's done um you know three four months later you're gonna be thinking okay it wasn't so bad i can i can do the next one right and you're already thinking of the football based one and once you do the next one after that and you've done two uh, I imagine we're probably going to see several uh, coming out of you over the next uh, next few years. It so. could be. I'm not going to lie. There is a third that's in the back of my brain. It's not on paper yet, but it's in the back of my brain. And I'm trying to trying to keep it there, basically, is what I'm trying to do. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, <laughs> gentlemen, I want to wish you all the best on this campaign. I can't wait to see uh, how far past your goal you guys go. I know you're really excited about it. I know you're really passionate about it. And you can see it in everything you've done. And once again, congratulations to you. And thanks again for your time today. James, thanks, thanks so much for having us on today. Thanks for inviting us. Great. No worries, guys. You take care. Cheers. Take care. Good seeing you. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.